Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United, along probably with quite a lot that you didn't. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Well, in true Yorkshire terms, who'd have thought all those years ago we'd be sat here in the director's lounge at Plainmore? Tell that to young people of today and they won't believe you. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the groaning trophy cabinet. Oh, I've ne- I can <laughs> honestly uh, say I've never been in here before. We are in the director's lounge at Plainmore. Yeah. And very nice it uh, is that, too. That used to be the home of a stuffed parrot, I think, <laughs> yes, when Mike Payson was in charge. And a ventriloquist dummy. Uh, yes, that, that lived in here for a while. Yeah. Um, Never, never bring the police dog stuffed, as some people thought that he was. But um, uh, no, no, this is where uh, deals have been done, deals have been undone, um, and quite a lot of important decisions have been made over the years. A great place to be, and thank you very much, Patrick, for um, sorting this out for us. Now, it's the day of the weekly press conference for Gary Johnson here at Plainmore. And uh, Gary was kind enough to uh, record a few words for the podcast, particularly about the uh, the game on Tuesday night up at Solihull Moors. So uh, let's uh, start the podcast this week by having a little listen to what Gary has to say uh, about that particular game. Togetherness in. Yeah. When you took Ruri and Opie off just before half time, yeah. Ruri ran towards you, to, yeah. you know, and Opie, you know, there was no slumped shoulders or, yeah. or kind of uh, hands thrown up in the air. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine that, I'm sure you were thinking about lots of other things at the time, but I'm sure that uh, summed up for you. In other words, those two players were only thinking of the group rather right. than the, 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 and that, that you were and having. And that's come through education with them as well. Yeah. Because I had, um, I had the opposition coach, not Tim Flowers, but uh, one of the other coaches, uh, a little one. And uh, he, was, uh, he was saying to our boys as they come off, it's embarrassing. The manager's embarrassed you. You know, just trying to gain right. points type thing. But the lads done that because they know why I do it. Yeah. Now, first of all, you only take people off if you feel they've been ineffective, and generally they will know that it hasn't gone their way. Yeah. Not me trying to embarrass them. Of course it's not. And also I do it because it's important that we when we're working out how to play in the second half, you need them in the dressing room. Woking last season comes to mind. Woking, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly the same. And unfortunately, Laurie was the... Uh, oh, yes, he was, wasn't he? He was one of the ones taken off then as well. Yeah, but yeah. he had a great season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He had yeah. a fantastic season. Yeah. And he's improving all the time. And, you know, we, we need Rory and we want Rory. So yeah. I would never dream no. of uh, getting his... Losing him in the head. Yeah, um, yeah. So what we do, you know, we make sure that the the ones that are coming on, instead of warming up outside, they can warm up in the five or ten minutes yeah. in the game. Yeah. Feel a part of it, and then we're talking to the whole group who are going to play the second half. So yeah, yeah. And the lads know that. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't never do it to embarrass somebody. No, That's no, not no. The no, point. no. They know it's a, a a professional way of doing it, and. Uh, the other, the other boys know that, that that might happen. Yeah, yeah. I imagine you were actually thinking of doing it just before they got the third goal, which is which is yeah, uh, you, no, you would was, have done that. Yeah, that no, that was, was probably a killer, really, wasn't it? Yeah, because um, 
I mean, if you if you that's why they had to look at the stats and they had to look at their own game. Yeah. You know, the left back and the right back were putting in so many crosses, it was unbelievable. And we never stopped the cross and we didn't get in behind them as well. So no. you, you stick Rory in there and Opie mm. to be quick players, strong players, to make their wing backs go back. Well, that wasn't happening, you know, it, no way. And and they know our game plan and if that game plan not working right and yeah. for whatever reason, then we have to uh, change the plan. Yeah, yeah. Change the players, yeah. of course, yeah. to change the plan. Yeah. Um, and second half, we, you know, we, I wouldn't say we'd done better, but we certainly had a 10 minute spell yes. where we had missed the penalty and we had a lot of chances. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking of Kalali's volley that hit the goal. I mean, the goalie was, yeah. their goalie was magnificent yeah. on the day. Yeah. Um, he saved that, he saved Cole. Cameron's header. Yeah, um, I think Manny hit the post or the outside of the post, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. We, we we had a very good ten minutes. Yeah. And oh, then, and uh, I think Kalala th Calvin actually thought he'd scored. I'm sure he put his arm up, well, didn't he? he? Did. When yeah, the bloke yeah, blocked yeah. it. Well, he only yeah. had to get his foot on it, which yeah. he did, but yeah. the goalie blocked it from yeah. two yards. Sort of yeah. Um, a penalty miss killed him. Yeah. And uh, I was a bit disappointed that they then all went back to where they were mm. ten minutes previous. Because the penalty was sort of the end part yeah. of our good run, yeah. um, and then uh, they, they in subconsciously they felt that they yeah. weren't going to get the game back, no, so we no. we went into a bit of a slumber again, which yeah. was uh, a bit yeah. annoying yeah. for me because yeah. it's all about the next game now, and we've got to just try and get our yes our uh, yeah. game going. Yeah, yeah. I suppose on the night everybody talks about team selections. Everybody's an expert in in all of that and formations, etc., etc., etc. It was a physical test on Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and and all right, there might not be every team is not going to be like Solihull, but I'm sure you know we'll run into that type of stuff mm -hmm. again. You know, um, not maybe not seven of them six foot threes yeah, sure, or whatever yeah, they are yeah. and everything. Um, but you you touched on it afterwards. Was was saying that. The basic sort of stuff that you expect to see from your team, the closing down, yeah. the, 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 the wasn't quite there. No, it, well, it, well, it wasn't because, you know, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, I didn't know you had another part of No, go on, yeah, yeah. For the sake of the public at home, I thought I'd better dive in. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very difficult to close down with a team putting it in behind you. Yes. Time. You've got to make sure that when, when you get it, which is generally deep in your half, yeah. To get up the other end, yeah. you've got to pass the ball. Yeah. Or you play the same game and when you get it, you stick it in behind them. Yes. And then that allows yeah. you to get yeah. up. So which we didn't do no. at all on the day anyway, very well. So um it, it's very difficult when you're playing that type of team yeah. to get your closing down yeah, with, with, yeah because the ball's just going over your head. Yeah. And uh, I know that as I say, I know the game because sure. uh, me and John Beck went from the fourth division to one game away from what is now the cha uh, the Premiership, playing that game. Yeah. So we know it can be yeah. um, useful. And what people might say is, well, why are you not playing that? Well, because nowadays, I think more people suss that game out, if you like. And, uh, and you've got to get that type of player into your club, or is already into your club, that plays like that. We, we've got a lot more We've got a lot of ability in our team, and uh, when it comes out, I think that's.
probably more entertaining yeah when it comes out so we're open to win games playing that ent entertaining football which is what we've done so far at uh, T2 you talk about the youth of the squad at Torquay at the moment and that's obviously a plus point in a lot of ways but do you think that'll be a factor against teams like Solihull that are full of uh, you know seasoned old hands if you like well no I mean experienced players can be very good for teams you know they, they know the level they you know they know the limitations they're, but some of them are quite expensive because a lot of them have been around a long time yeah and uh, they've got families you have to rehouse them it's very easy when you're in a place like Solihull because there's a lot of chimney pots all round. Yeah. There's a lot more players to choose from in that area. If you look at, say, Bromley, Dagenham, Dover, you know, all them players move around in them clubs. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Torquay, we're down on our own down here, aren't we, really? We've got sort of Plymouth and Exeter, but they're pretty pretty near our level. Um, so, yeah, it'd be... Ideally, you want a little bit of youth and a little bit of experience, sort of thing. But uh, I've never been frightened to, if they if they're good enough, they're old enough. Yeah. So you know that's really what I'm what I'm after. And you're saying that you and Aaron are enjoying working with the young yeah. group and getting them to. Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, oh, we do. I mean, in fact, in a morbid sort of way, you I don't enjoy it at the time when we've got beat badly like we did at Solihull. But what I do enjoy doing is being able to turn it round in a short space of time or in a space of time let's yeah. hope it's four days later which yeah, is you know yeah. from this one but uh, that's that's what we sort of pride ourselves on, on, on doing because we think we do the right things and uh, show them where they went wrong let them see it let them understand it let them hold their hands up and say yep sorry it was us and, uh, and we'll learn for, ne for the next yeah. time so we get a good reaction because they're they're trying to build their careers with our group yeah most of our group whereas a lot of the other teams you know the lads are where they are and have, you know probably yeah. been in the league and come back sort of thing you know so they're already where they are if you like they're already married three kids mortgage yeah, yeah. and living in an area where there's lots of other clubs and houses um 3G pitch on Saturday at Bromley. I'm sure that you've factored that into your build-up and training. Yeah, you're off. Yeah. To, you're off to Southampton College this afternoon. Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Too. Um, that was the only time, like this week, that we could get, get in, it. I think, right, right. Playing soccer schools and yeah. things. So that's no problem because no. that's not a bad thing either. Training at three o'clock, body clock-wise, because we'll be playing at three o'clock on on Saturday. Yeah. So you know, it's not a disaster. So we're there, and uh, you know, we'll go through a few things. At the same time, again, using that word subconsciously, they'll be um, playing on the AstroTurf, knowing that that's the surface yeah. they're going to be playing on at, at Bromley. So, and you don't have any big issues with that? That's just a, something that's regular, no. fairly regular now. We did it a couple of times last year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we, we um, did. Yeah, no, we've got, to, uh, we've got to deal with it, haven't we? Yeah, you know, if you yeah. have a negative about that before you start, then yeah. uh, you're in trouble. No, no. <laughs> so we've got to make that a positive, yeah. i.e., we trained on trained on AstroTurf quite a lot last year, and uh, yeah, but hopefully yeah, you, we won't. You had to, didn't you? Yeah, we yeah, certainly yeah, won't be using yeah. that as an excuse anyway. No. Very interesting, and thank you very much for that, uh, Gary Johnson. Uh, Dave, you were at Solihull Moors on Tuesday night. Um, that I think is probably the worst defeat we've had under Gary, isn't it? I forgot to ask him that just now. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, 
worst being a, a, I don't think the scoreline is what it was all about. No, um, but you it, know, it, you can. I'm sure United have lost games by far bigger scorelines, obviously, and and uh, I, I think it was the situation in which it happened. Everybody got left playing more last Saturday after the Boreham Wood game. Yeah, just promoted, good home win under the belt, etc. And I think everybody, you know, hoped that United would go to Solihull Moors and uh, um, get something there, yeah. uh, or at least you know uh, um, do a bit. Uh, and of course, it didn't happen. And and I think not just the scoreline; it was the sort of the fact that, and within moments of the final whistle, Gary had come out describing it as the worst since I've been inept, here. He said, really inept, he? yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, and he it, was very honest, wasn't he? After that, he game? was upset as well, yeah. which has yeah. probably led to some of his remarks at the time. I mean, obviously, he's you know uh, done his best to move on and move the players on as quickly as possible after that. But yeah. um, I, I think it was. You know, cliches come to mind, don't they? It, it it was first and foremost a big reality check. Yeah. yeah. United, Solihull Moors are currently one of the best funded clubs in the division. Very ambitious, new stands, a lot of money gone in, um, and a team that you can see as being built to have a right go this year. They finished. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody must remember they finished runners up last year. And only Leighton Orient's win on the last day of the season took them up and stopped yes, Solihull Moors going yeah. up. I know that they lost in the playoffs. They are a thoroughly big, strong, powerful, canny yeah. conference football team. They remind me a little bit of the United team that Paul Buckle built okay. uh, yeah. in uh, 2007, 8, 9. Although, interestingly, Paul Buckle's big, strong, aggressive, canny football team in 2007-8, which just fell short, of course, in the end. You know, the Sills, Hargreaves, mm. Lee Phillips, Chris Zabrowski, Chris Todd, yeah. Kevin Nicholson team. Um, it was only when Paul Buckle actually introduced a bit more football into the team in the second season, brackets Wayne Carlisle, Danny Stevens, yeah. etc., etc., Nicky Rowe, United, that was the team that actually won promotion in the end. But this Solihull team, I mean, I think I'm right in saying they had seven players on the pitch who were more than six foot two inches tall really? on, yeah. on Tuesday night. So when, now when, I, you, when you talked about tin hats before the game, you were Gary right. Gary had mentioned yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, now now look, as we all know, sizes and everything, but um, ally that with um, lots of hard work, aggression yeah. in midfield, and uh, uh, they ended up giving United a bit of a going over. Having said that, United should have been one up after less than two minutes. Jamie Reid had a great yeah. chance, um, a keeper to beat from, what was it, 10 yards and, put, and pulled it wide. Now that can happen. He did, it on, he did it on Saturday as well, didn't he? It was less of a chance in. on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. but now look, this isn't about Jamie Reid missing no. a chance. You know, the best players in the world miss chances. Maybe. But <laughs> football's a funny old game, isn't it? If United had taken the lead after one and a half minutes with best part of 350 fans behind them by yeah. the way fantastic turnout as you, I think we it's almost become assumed now isn't it yeah uh, and there'll be another lot exactly the same at Bromley on Saturday um, uh, different game then isn't it uh, and yeah. and uh, it was just on the back of that with within eight minutes of that happening Solihull Moors are two up uh, yeah, they scored quickly, didn't they? They scored yeah. those two goals quickly. Uh, one a shot from 25 yards that United didn't shut down quick enough, and the second one's a penalty. 
Now, that changes everything, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. And United, uh, uh, I think the United team on, on, on Tuesday night, and Gary Johnson has just referred to it quite, uh, which is, I don't think we'd quite tweaked how young the squad is and what the, young, mm. the average age of the squad is. Um, United looked a little bit like men and boys. I know it's a horrible phrase to yeah. fire at anybody, but it was a little bit like that. But not in terms of, you know, scaredy cats or anything like that. It was just that mentally it looked a bit much for them, but for all the right reasons. Yeah. They're, they're so up for this, this group of players. Just one promotion. Some good players have come in in the summer. They desperately want to do well, and suddenly they're 2-0 down in the second match and it's not going well and they just looked a bit frazzled by it all yeah and 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 okay so things go out the window in the end you've got to bank it get over it and move on yeah um and it, it was a it was a real lesson learned that you are not going to be able to come out in this conf in this conference division and gary johnson said that in the, yeah. already this season and play your the football you want to play necessarily in every situation. There's going to be times yeah. when you basically have to batten down the hatches, scrap like hell, put your boot and head through it, etc., 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 and wait for the spaces and the time to open up to start to play your football. You're not going to be able to do it just like that. No. And um, and that was a big lesson learned yeah. on Tuesday. Now Gary's talked about icebergs, and we've constantly repeated yeah. it, but uh, it's a good analogy, isn't it? So we hit one. Yeah. Tuesday night. Any damage to the ship, do you think? Or is it superficial? Uh, I think it's superficial. Yeah. Uh, I think the damage might be psychological, hopefully, rather than... Um, uh, it, it's just pulled everybody back down to earth a little yeah. bit, hasn't it? Which might not be a bad thing. I mean, no, I know, obviously, you and I are optimistic people, and we, 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 would, we would say that, wouldn't we? But um, uh, I, I think, you know, at, at this stage of United's development, with such a young squad still yeah <clears throat> as it was last year um it, most of the signings have been young lads again mm -hmm. he hasn't gone out and signed any 35 year olds or anything like that you know um whereas uh, uh, you look at the solihull team absolutely stacked with experience yeah, it's true uh, yeah um, um, i i wouldn't have thought that there were, mm, i'm probably going over the edge here i wouldn't have thought there was many players in the solihull team uh, that weren't either very, very experienced or pretty experienced. Yeah. There was one or two lads I hadn't seen before, uh, the centre-back Gudger, he's not been around all that long. But, you know, there's guys that have been there and done it. I mean, they brought Darren Carter on in the yeah. second half. I Which, mean, he must be yeah. 53 or something <laughs> like that. But you know what I mean? They've yeah. got those sort of players yeah. on the bench. You know, Jamie Osborne's been around. Terry Hawkridge from uh, the little midfield mm. player, been around for a long, long time. It, that, that's that's f leaving out the McCullums and the Danny Wrights and the Blissets and the Callum Howes and, and Liam yeah. Davies. These are all thoroughly experienced players. No airs and graces about them. And they were too much for United on yeah. Tuesday night. OK, you have to move on, don't you? Well, both of these games, Saturday and Tuesday, have been a reminder to the fans, I think, as much as anybody else, that we're not in National League South anymore. No. Haven't they? I mean, no. they're, they're different games. I mean, Boreham Wood on Saturday, because I, I wasn't out Solly Hull, but the Boreham Wood game, the centre-backs, Boreham Wood, both seasoned pro, old pros. Yeah. Um, well, all three of them, really. Uh, champion... Stevens and uh, Jamal Fifield, who wasn't with us, he wasn't on for very long, no. was he? No, but, um, but no, they, they, and, they just and, they and just Wood, funnily enough, on Tuesday night, they were two down at home to Wrexham, yeah, came back and drew that game, two yeah. all. 
And I think we all felt on Saturday that, you know, and Gary said afterwards, well, they won't be in the bottom half of the table. Mm. Uh, United beat a Boreham Wood team with 10 men. They should have beaten them more easily than 2-1. At 2-0 in the second half, United were well on top and, and probably should have won 3, maybe 4-0. Yeah. Um, and in the end, Boreham Wood go and snatch a goal back and it all gets a bit nervy. But it was a good game. United Ross, played very yeah. well at times. Yeah. Uh, not great in the first half, but all right. They were still on top. Okay, you can say with against ten men they're entitled to beat, yeah. Um, but it was a good game, and you got the impression that there was two half decent teams out there. Yeah, and good um, goals as well. I mean, we we've made a point to uh, we, we almost accidentally highlighted the fact that Reedy missed a couple of chances. Yeah, but he well, was terrific in that second half against Boreham Wood. A, a great assist for, for Opie's first, goal. For the first one. And what a strike for the second one. Telling me so, you know. <laughs> You move on, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you, know, you uh, do. Strikers score one day, they miss them the next. That's that's was ever thus, wasn't it? But um, yeah, no, it, it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing. I mean, what would have happened on on if United had gone and got a two-all draw at Solihull on yeah. Tuesday night from a maybe a not great performance, but etc. etc. And then they'd gone to Bromley on Saturday and got stuff three-nil on the all-weather pitch at Bromley. Yeah. Would everybody be reacting in quite the same way as as, as they are as they have done since Tuesday night? Probably, may, maybe not. I don't think um, they would. I think because <clears throat> there's been this whole kind of euphoria around the club quite, since last yeah. September, and October. Quite right too. You wouldn't want it any other way, would you? That's the first time we've we've had come away with a bit of a bloody nose, isn't it? Yeah. Really? And um, so you dress, dust yourself down and and, yeah. uh, and and carry on again, don't you? Very different prospect, Bromley on Saturday. Yeah. Completely different style of team, um, all-weather pitch. Uh, United, with that dap on the nose from uh, yeah. um, Tuesday night, I guarantee that they will come out scrapping on uh, in the, in their own way. I don't mean throwing punches, but you know, in a football way. Uh, yeah. There's no way they'll be, you know, cowed on Saturday no, at Bromley. No. Um, you know, Gary Johnson and Aaron Downs won't have it. You know, and um, I, I think we've already seen. You know, I mean, they've got quite a physical presence about them, and Manny Duku is getting some pretty rough treatment already. We've seen in the first couple of games, haven't we? Well, they've, um, people Warren have done their homework. Warren Wood got certainly yeah. got stuck into. He didn't start, of course, on Tuesday night. Mm. Uh, he was one of the four players left out from the team, um, and Gary Johnson changed a fair bit around. He put yeah. young Joe Lewis in at left back. Uh, brought in Keating and Opie Edwards to sit in front of the full-backs because they knew the, the uh, Solihull wing-backs, Lee Vaughan yeah. and Jamie Record, would push on. And as he's already referred in, in his press conference this week, <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, um, Bromley will be a different setup again. Yeah. Um, uh, both Bromley and, and United, I imagine. It'll be interesting to see what... Um, uh, further changes he makes yeah. on, uh, on on Saturday. It's interesting, isn't it, that when we thought, okay, he's picked his strongest eleven, he's got his strongest eleven, but he's absolutely not afraid to move that about. It could be some time before he settles on a strongest. He's 11. already mentioned that in the build-up yeah. to the. To, he, you know, he said after Saturday, after last Saturday, that that um, he would continue to make changes at any yeah. particular time during games as well as after them. And of course, on at Solihull on Tuesday night, interestingly, and this revives memories of his. Very first home game here yeah. against Woking last season, when he took uh, Rory Keating and Chris Regis off. Chris Regis, um, of course, it was about I was trying five to think minutes before half time yeah. with United yeah. two down in that game. Uh, and of course, he explains that look, this isn't to, this isn't to embarrass the players involved. Of course, it wasn't. Uh, Rory Keating was one of the ones taken off again before yeah. half time on on uh, Tuesday night. And by the way, what a fantastic attitude that Keating and Opie Edwards showed. It's pretty. 
it's a bit of a downer, isn't it, being taken off by your uh, manager? Yeah, it must be. Uh, yeah. Bef yeah. Before half time, as soon as Rory Keating realised that he was coming off, he ran from where he was, yeah, across t to uh, shake Dooku's hand and say the best of luck, and on you go. And Opie Edwards was off in a flash. There was no kind of droop shoulders and trudging mm. off the pitch. And you know, no, oh dear, no kicking oh dear. of water bottles no, or anything like that. Absolutely not. Good. No, no. But both yeah. players went yeah. right. Fine. It hasn't worked. Get off. Let the lads get on, etc. Yeah. And of course, the whole point about this, just as it was against Woking when United did come back mm -hmm. and draw that game to all, was that Johnson at half time, having made the changes, wants to speak during the half time interval to the team he's going to send out. Yeah. He doesn't want to speak to eleven players, and then of course, end up, you know. Uh, Withdrawing two within five or ten minutes of yeah. the start of the second half, and to start all over again. Makes it's, sense, doesn't it? Absolutely yeah. makes yeah. sense. And of yeah. course, as he stressed it, you know, he wouldn't dream of doing it just to embarrass the players. Well, no. not unless they absolutely deserved it, which of course they didn't. And um, yeah, and it was good news. Uh, what he just said during the press conference there that Liam Davis and Ryan Dixon, neither of them, very seem close. to be very far away from no. uh, rejoining the squad. Uh, in fact, Dixon is only not involved at the moment because. Uh, under the specialist who did his his operation uh, in the summer, has, has has put out a time when uh, for, for everything to have been to, to yeah. that they are hundred percent certain is healed. And obviously, when you operate on a abdominal operation, there's internal stitches and yeah. as well yeah. as external. And he just wants to be hundred percent certain that that's all healed as well. And that apparently is days away. So we could well see Liam Davis involved. Possibly next Tuesday night is Maidenhead, is it? Maidenhead, Tuesday yeah. night, yeah. Uh, or the following Saturday at Dover. Um, you know, he's that close. Now, all of a sudden, Gary Johnson's picking from 19 at the moment. Yeah. So there's three players not even getting on the bench. Uh, when Davis and Dixon are available, um, I'm glad he's picking it rather yes, than me. Exactly. But then that releases other options, doesn't it? It means that Frankie Vincent and Joe Lewis won't have to fill in at left back. There you go. Um, so they, you know, they're more likely to play in a more accustomed position. Yeah, or, or at least try and get in the <laughs> team. Right. Yeah, exactly. It could uh, could take a while. Yeah. Um, just stepping back to Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night once uh, once more. Um, interesting choice of referee. A very interesting referee. Well, a choice. Yes, uh, Rebecca Welch. I, I must say. Bit of duff information on the ground I was given. I, I thought this was a bit of a historic moment, as it turned out it wasn't. Yeah. Um, she actually refereed nine games in the National League last season. Um, uh, it, I thought she she did pretty well. Uh, yeah. I know one or two in the United camp thought she wasn't great. Um, she's um, from North Yorkshire, yeah, um, and is regarded as the top women's referee in the country. This is. The future, isn't it? And, it is. And uh, uh, I, I thought she went about the job pretty well. Yeah. Um, she there was little or no dissent. Now whether that's because, you know, you tend to be a bit more polite to a lady referee than you do to a to a male one, I don't know. Um, she was quite unfussy. I thought she didn't. It wasn't mm. all about her. And I thought particularly good thing. She actually booked somebody for not retreating at a, at a, at a free kick. Doesn't well, happen. Hallelujah. We, yeah. we wanted that to happen for long enough. Does. And won't it be great, by the way, when we don't even mention it, when it becomes so commonplace that it doesn't even register? Well, I thought it was quite good that after the game, uh, I mean, obviously there's lots of other stuff to talk about, but neither Tim Flowers nor Gary Johnson referred to the referee once during their no. after-match after quotes. Now, uh, um, and, and why should they? You know, there's, there's absolutely... 
no reason why they should, unless she had been involved. She, the referee, yeah. had had made some hugely controversial and decisive decision that swung the course of the match, and that certainly didn't happen. And neither of the penalties were controversial, were they? Well, I, I thought they were both penalties. Yeah. You know, um, it, it was all right. She's there. The referee's there to make the yeah. decision, and she made them. And I thought they were both both correct. Opie Edwards conceded the first. Um, he probably dropped himself in it by trying to play a one-two to get out of his own penalty area just beforehand. Yeah. That went wrong. It broke down. Um, he perfectly reasonably tried to get the ball back, mistimed it very slightly, put his foot out, and the yeah. opposing player went down, and it was a penalty. Um, it wasn't the worst foul in the world, but it, it, uh, I think the replays will probably show it was. Uh, and the second one was a was a uh, also I think that was Connor Lemonhaven's got yeah. taken down. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, uh, it was it was a little bit of history as far as Talk United concerned. The first time that a, a first team game of a competitive match has been refereed by a lady referee. Of course, this revives memories of a certain Wendy Toms, Wendy Toms yeah. um, who yeah. did make history when uh, she did. She ran the line, but became the first woman referee ever to run the line at a football league game at Playmore in about nineteen ninety six. Yeah, yeah. And she was only just up the road from uh, Broadstone in yeah. Dorset. And she went on to referee. She also refereed at National League level eventually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, United have been involved in a bit of history in this respect over the years, but uh, Tuesday night wasn't one of them. Yeah. And what is it with us and penalties? We haven't we haven't scored a penalty in the last. We haven't scored one that slipped in that I've forgotten. We've missed a succession um, of penalties, haven't we? Uh, I do we go all the way back was, to... Was the one at St Albans that, 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 that we did put away in the four at St Albans? Mm, no, maybe know. not. But we, um, our recent record of yeah, penalty isn't taking good. isn't great, is no. it? Jake Andrews, Reedy, yeah. and now Armani, Armani Little. Little. Um, he struck it well enough. Yeah. Um, went to the keeper's left. Keeper guessed correctly. It was okay. Usual thing. Whenever it's saved, oh, it was a nice height and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't really um, buy that to be honest. No, yeah. no, exactly. No, I mean, you know, Amani held his head in his hands because he's a, such a super confident dead ball kicker. Yeah, I think in his own mind, I was pleased to see when when, when he stepped up to do it. As you know, uh, he was obviously confident to do it. It was interesting that that had obviously been arranged beforehand yeah. that yeah. he would take the penalties. We've all seen from his free kicks what a Really classy dead ball kicker he is. He'd have been I, better off with a free kick 25 yards out, wouldn't well, he? Yeah, he'd, he'd have, have, <laughs> have buried that, that, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so uh, um, look, he's an extra confident yeah. guy on the ball. I'm sure there wasn't an ounce of, well, there might have been an odd nerve or two, but he was more than happy to be there. Yeah. And I'm sure as he ran up and said, this is a goal, no, no danger. Yeah. Okay, the keeper saved it. As Gary said, the keeper, Ryan Booth, did have a very good night on Tuesday. Yeah. He made some excellent saves. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, interesting. If we if United get one, get one wrong, on Saturday, yeah. uh, um, right? Who's stepping up now? I think the whole problem, the point is not problem at all. In Jamie Reid, Jake Andrews, and Amani Little, you've got three players who absolutely want to take penalties. Yeah, it's not like you're casting around for anybody to put their hands up. Um, all three of those are perfectly confident uh, um, to take penalties. Yes, um, uh, and. You know they've just got to get on with it, haven't they? I dare say that in training today over at South Devon College, of course it's an all-weather pitch on Saturday. They're yes, training on the yeah. all-weather this afternoon. I dare say there might be a little penalty competition a penalty or at two the end of it. Taken there. 
And before we leave the uh, the previous games, by the way, there's a star of the Boreham Wood game that we haven't mentioned yet, Chopper Harris. Oh, my goodness. Chopper Harris was a star of the Boreham Wood well, game. Well, if, if Chopper isn't his name, it is now. It is now. Yes. Uh, many United fans coming into the ground would have seen uh, uh, a Harris Hawk yeah. uh, by the side of the Magnificent bird. It was, yeah. wasn't it? And um, I, I had a word with his handler and said, oh, what's this all about? And he looked at me rather sadly. And, of course, you know, he said, well, it's to keep the goals away, isn't it? And didn't it work? Didn't it worked brilliantly. My goodness, the word must have gone round in the local seagull population. There's a right hard bastard up at Flamewell this <laughs> afternoon. You don't want to go up there. <laughs> and uh, and I had a word with his handler. I said, "What well, you're going to release him?" And he said, "Only if I have to." <laughs> didn't need to. <laughs> no, no he did, didn't need to. And and Plainmore was a goal-free afternoon, wasn't it? A seagull-free afternoon until Chopper Harris unfortunately had was taken home. What? Near the end of the game, towards the end of the game, and with ten, within ten or fifteen minutes, the place was awash with seagulls. It was, isn't it? What, what a fantastic bush, natural world, bush telegraph yeah. there must be uh, for that to happen. But okay. it, I must say, I, I thought it was a. We're, we're, we got a lot of fun out of it on Saturday, but wasn't it nice to have the place not a load of seagulls swooping yeah. down? Yeah. I mean, and, and at the end, sure enough, in they come. It's the old chips and yeah, burgers yeah. and bits of paper stuff, isn't it? And and a lot of people find them. People uh, do get a bit intimidated. They by do. Them, don't they, they do. Sure. And um, uh, let, let, let's hope Chopper comes Chopper back Harris and sees us again, again sometime. Again. There we go. A couple more things to do uh, before we wind up today. First of all, if you're on Twitter, you'll have noticed there is a Brazilian yellow army or yes. Brazilian goals Twitter feed, yeah. which. Uh, I assume they're following the uh, the exploits of our goalkeeper. Yeah, um, Lucas Cobalan. Great, I, Buenos Dias, or what is, it, is that? Is that Portuguese? Uh, that's close, sounds Spanish. Bom dia. But, uh, yeah, bom dia. Well done. Portuguese. Yeah. I knew I'd remember it from somewhere. But in case anybody is listening over there, great to have supporters yeah. well, all over the world. Talk United is a global, a global, <laughs> global brand. <laughs> And we've reached Yorkshire as well, obviously. Oh, talking bring, of a global, a, global, Yorkshire. Brings us to our efforts to start the, uh, the podcast with the four Yorkshiremen sketch. Thank you very much to Chris Haley, James Haley, John Jenkins, Chris Morris and Martin Hodds, who are members of the Yorkshire Girls. You know they have their own stickers and everything, the Yorkshire they do. Girls. Fabulous bunch. Uh, and they were set the puzzle last week of coming up with the Talker United team who were all born in Yorkshire. I think they set themselves. <laughs> I just, they were just waiting to do this. Quite. I think. Um, but after a certain amount of research and soul searching on the internet, uh, they've come up with a team. And apparently, wow. this is. Oh, they, I'll run through it in a moment. But uh, they say that uh, it's much to discuss, and the uh, the thoughts on the team caused a lot of conversation between ourselves. They could have consumed many a pint of bitter whilst arguing it over down the flat cap and whippet pub. Hopefully, in, in the Three Pigeons at Halifax, where we'll end up fairly soon. But no, this was in this was in the flat the flat cap and whippet pub in Cleck Heckman's oh, Edge. Get in. Now I thought I was being wound up there. I thought there can't actually be a place called Cleck Heckman's Edge, so I looked it up, and it's a portmanteau word which covers the uh, the towns of Cleckheaton, Heckman Wyke, and Liversedge. Wow. So. There you go. I thought they were trying to get one up on the podcast there, but uh, there you go. So, the team. Starting with the manager, born 1944 in Fitzwilliam, Wakefield. There are a lot of Wakefield-born players here, by the way. The manager, Cyril Knowles. Cyril Knowles, Yorkshireman. Had to be Cyril Knowles, didn't it? He he, he grew up and spent most of his life in North Yorkshire. Yeah. But he was actually born in, in in other words, Middlesbrough was his first club. 
um, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, but no, he was Wakefield born. You wouldn't want a better manager to handle a team of Yorkshire lads either, would you? <laughs> oh, really? of course, absolutely. So your goalkeeper, uh, born in 1948 in Thornaby, which at the time was North Yorkshire. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> played 132 games for. Uh, Talker United, including the Sherpa Van Trophy final, it's Kenny to, Allen. It's got to be Kenny Allen. Yorkshireman, yeah. Kenny Allen. Good yeah. choice, wouldn't we? Yeah. Living in Newton Abbott, retired in Newton Abbott. Uh, Defence, uh, start with wow. the right back. The right back, born 1968 in Stocksbridge, Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, over 200 appearances I'm for Torquay. Uh, went on to play for Everton, isn't he? And Birmingham City. And Birmingham. Paul Holmes. Yeah. Good, good right back, wasn't he? Still around and comes to United games. Saw him only the other day. We always had a bit of um, sympathy for him because he took the corners from both sides, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and if there was yeah. one of those uh, passages of play where you were getting corner after corner after corner, he would just be doing doggies up and down from one side <laughs> to the other, wouldn't he? Well, him, Andy Gurney, um, the original sort of overlapping fullbacks, weren't they? Yeah. they uh, athletically, no problem. Good player, yeah. good player, liked him a lot. Uh, left back, born 1937 in Redcar. Uh, played for Torquay between 67 and 69, 62 appearances and six goals, Bobby Baxter. Bobby Baxter. I hadn't realised he was a Yorkshireman. There's a lot of research gone into yeah, this. You know. Yeah, very, very good player, Bobby. Still around again, living in Torquay. Uh, class act. Yeah. Okay, centre-back, born 1964 in Hemsworth, Wakefield. Oh. Played for the Gulls 1987 to yeah. 1992, 170 appearances and seven headed goals most of them <laughs> yeah, I would, I would probably think so. was our old press box mate Phil yeah. Lloyd Phil Lloyd yeah absolutely and I think a hundred and thirty odd of those were consecutive appearances before he yeah. before he broke his leg or had his leg broken at Maidstone uh, in an FA Cup tie uh, away to Maidstone a phenomenal uh, run of consecutive yeah. appearances and a Top, top defender. Top defender. And an all-round good bloke. He used to sit yeah. next to us in the press box doing the stats for press association or something like that, didn't Still he? around, living in Paynton. Absolutely. Uh, fellow centre-back, born 1962 in Barnsley. Played for us between 86 and 89. 110 appearances, six goals. David Cole. David Cole. Oh, I David never knew Cole. he was born in Yorkshire. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We're learning a lot I'm, here, I, aren't we? I wouldn't have got that one. Uh, right midfield and captain as chosen by the uh, more than four Yorkshiremen, by the five Yorkshiremen. Uh, born 1985 in Sheffield, played for us between 2008 and 2011, 105 appearances and 18 goals, keen cyclist as well, Nicky Rowe. Goodness gracious. Nicky Rowe. Yes, of course, I knew he was a Yorkshire lad. I didn't know that... Uh, um Wow, my goodness, yeah. Right midfield, and yeah, right if it's more centre, but still, never mind. That's probably because well, we've probably we've got three down. They've got those, players. yeah. This yeah. is this is a midfield to uh, to conjure with. We'll take the left midfield player, born 1991 in Sheffield, uh, 65 appearances altogether uh, for Torquay, one spell on loan, and uh, six goals in those appearances. Jordan Chapel. Oh, great! Yes, good player. Yes. Yeah. I, I always thought he was a. Sort of Cheshire lad or something like that, but no, Yorkshire, Yorkshire, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, of course, he, we got him from Sheffield United, yeah. anyway, so that, that speaks for itself. Central midfield, uh, born 1976 in Bradford, played for us between 99 and 02, 71 appearances and eight goals for Chris Brandon. 
Chris Brandon. Chris Brandon. He, he was. These are oh, good players, aren't if, they? I'd have had him on the right-hand side, right wing, okay. and Mickey Rowe inside, I think. that's um, Chris Brandon could play down, uh, as a winger. You're going to have to argue this out with out these with boys yeah, when you yeah, go yeah, up to Halifax, yeah, aren't absolutely. you? Absolutely. And uh, the other centre midfielder, quite a character, this chap. Um, somebody you know well. Born in 87 in Elland. Uh, played in the 2016 season, 14 appearances, didn't find the net. Danny Racky. Danny Racky. Danny Racky, quite a character, oh, Danny. telling me, and, and a lot of people would credit him with being one of the bigger, biggest influences in United staying up that season. Yeah. Uh, what, what an inspired signing he was he when was. he came in. Uh, great leader, yeah. jeer up of people. Uh, could throw his toys out of the pram when it needed to happen a couple of Sometimes times. Sometimes it does, doesn't a it? A bit of yeah. a wild, a weird and wild character, but my goodness, what a good job. He was the right man at the right time yeah. that season. And um, yeah, yeah, oh, and definitely a Yorkshireman. Yes. Through and through. Yeah. And the, the chosen strikers, this one you'll know, born 1926, Maltby in Rotherham, uh, played for Torquay between 49 and 50, uh, the 49-50 season on loan, 13 goals in 34 games and then 10 years from 52 to 62, 68 goals in 308 appearances, it's Don Mills. Don Mills, playing inside forward really, yeah. um, but um, he could probably play almost anywhere on the pitch. Playing as a false number nine behind yeah. the legend. Yeah, yeah. Born 1965 in Wakefield, played for us between 1988 and 1990, 29 appearances, 11 goals, six in consecutive games going <laughs> in off his shoulder yeah, and yeah, yeah. all kinds of things yeah Car the brilliant carl Carl, Airy. carl Airy. he was he was fun to have in the team he, wasn't he, he carl he, he was he was yeah uh, uh, and he was chasing wasn't he that that record-breaking goal for most appearances and when it happened i'm not sure he really meant it no but, uh, <laughs> they all count absolutely they? carl yeah. they all count they all count Airy. Airy. yeah absolutely but, uh, a good player to have in the side yeah good, and good a player. damn good target man yeah. yeah the ball stuck when it hit him and they've got some substitutes here as well. I'll just quickly go through the subs. Goalkeeper, uh, born 1968 in Pontefract, played for us in 88, Paul Crichton. Oh, yes. He came to, from Peterborough, was it Peterborough he came? Or did he go to Peterborough? I think he went to Peterborough, yeah. Uh, defender, this, uh, this one will test you. Uh, retired after suffering a broken leg, played at a decent level before coming to United. He played for us in the 1936-37 season. Goodness. Seven, this is Wikipedia at work, isn't it? Seven appearances, no goals, born 1908 in Halifax, Peter O'Dowd. Well, I've heard I, his name, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's quite, as far as it that's goes. That's a discovery, isn't yeah. it? Defensive substitute, born 1950 in Sheffield, played for us in 1982, Clive Wigginton. Oh, my goodness, a, a played very nine good centre-half. And, and what a shame that, that didn't continue. He, he was gone almost before he arrived. Yeah. And um, he played for Grimsby Town, people, uh, teams like that. A proper centre half, Clive Wings, and under Bruce Rioch's time. Yeah, great shame that that never really worked out. Uh, midfield substitute. This is a, a player that um, that we admired playing a lot. Born 1967 in Conisborough, played for us between 88 and 93. 158 games for Torquay, 
15 goals and has gone on to be heavily involved the in great local football Sean and Joyce. regional football. Sean Joyce, yeah, what a player. Absolutely. Um, very, very great servant of this club. A ferocious um, midfield player as well. Yeah, I had the misfortune in, uh, to play against him in a seven-a-side game once and he was a ferocious midfield yeah, the, player the, the, in that yeah, as well. The, the, uh, yeah, the, the thing to do then was was to make sure you were in the air when, he, your feet <laughs> when he arrived. the ground. Yeah, when he arrived. It was the same with... Uh, Alan Little isn't hasn't been picked up, and I think Alan Little Little was born in Yorkshire as well. Okay, he played for United in the nineteen eighties. Uh, and what about Mickey Holmes? I don't know. Was he a, a Yorkshire? Oh, he might have been. Well, might have been. But look, the, a great these, effort, these are just the a great ones that made the cut. By those by those lads up there. Well done. One more sub to come. The forward sub, uh, born in nineteen ten in Sheffield, played between nineteen thirty and nineteen forty for the girls, three hundred and seventeen appearances. 80 goals, Albert, Albert Hutchinson, Hutchinson, born in Sheffield. I didn't realise that, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he's obviously a um, long, long time before all of us and, and yeah. even the older United fans uh, remember. I mean, there are one or two who remember him. But he was an absolute... When, you know, legendary figures of the club are yeah. uh, cited and obviously the Don Mills and the Sammy Collins and the Tommy Northcott and all these sort of players are brought, brought up, it's, rather, it's a great shame that pre-war... Obviously, mm. people's memories don't stretch back that far. Um, uh, and Albert Hutchinson was one of the must have been all quite a time, to see. all time greats yeah. at a time when the club was really, uh, you know, struggling to establish itself in the football league. Very little money, um, and how they managed not never to seek re-election in those days, I do not quite know. Triumph, but Albert it? Hutchinson had a lot to do with it. So Chris, Chris, James, John and Martin, thank you very much indeed, guys. Well that's, um, that's given us a very pleasant diversion. And I'm today, sure we now brace ourselves for <laughs> the follow-up messages. There have been what others. What about yes, so -so, so -so. There have already been others, but I thought because these guys have put so much work into it, we'll Quite do their team to. Uh, this week and, and we'll take any follow-ups next week. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks again to uh, Plainmore for their hospitality. Thanks to Gary for having a chat with us as well. Uh, this week away at um, Bromley on Saturday and then Tuesday home to Maidenhead here at Plainmore should be a decent crowd for that again well, as I, in the build up to this start um, I always felt that five or six points from the first three or four games yeah. might yeah. not be a disastrous return uh, alright part two has not gone as everybody hoped um, but another day, another game at Bromley on Saturday. Yeah. Maidenhead next Tuesday. Let's see if United could perhaps emerge from. If they could come out from, with six point, uh, nine points from the first twelve. Yeah. Thank you very that much. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be good. So we'll see you on uh, Tuesday night. Dave will be up at Bromley on Saturday. I will. We'll see you on the press bench on Tuesday night. Do come up and say hello. It was great to meet some fans uh, before the Boreham Wood game on Saturday, and uh, we'll see you there. And as ever, come, come on, on, you yellows. yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express Devon Live Talk United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash talkerunitedDL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talker United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.